coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is a show that we like to call Blue Heaven Podcast. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is a legendary, the one and only. Some say he's delicious. Others say he's crunchy. That is DMAC underscore LA, Twitter, Instagram. Doug, how you doing, bud? I'm doing less than great. Wasn't a great weekend for the Dodgers. Last year, they had lost oh, the yeah. Diamondbacks five times. They've, Diamondbacks have already beat the Dodgers five times this year. Like Indiana Jones said, I hate snakes, Jock. I don't want to see these Diamondbacks again, these pesky, <laughs> aggressive, <laughs> relentless D-backs ready to hopefully beat the Giants and get back to our winning ways. Man, I completely forgot about the Dodgers and that we had to talk about that nightmare a little bit. But, hey whatever that's what we're gonna do guys let us know where you're representing dodgers nation tonight drop into the comments they're they're right here they're right here if you're watching live you can let us know where you're representing dodgers nation drop them area codes into the chat on today's show yeah we got to talk a little bit about the whole astros evan gaddis thing we don't want to talk too much about it because uh, there's a there's like a lot of weirdness going on in that whole thing we gotta um, try to get him on this show Open them DMs, Evan. What's going Breaking. on? Breaking. Breaking. DJ producer Cody over there. Uh, recap of the things that have gone on and where the Dodgers stand entering, I guess, the second full week and third week of play of your 2023 season. We are also going to fix the Dodgers, or at least we're going to try. We're going to talk about some things that are going on. Big pitching concerns. And we're going to look at the week ahead. Three with the Giants and Cody Bellinger coming to town this weekend. So before we get into the show, we got to remind you this is a podcast. So if you want to hear us and not see us, we are on all the podcast platforms. It's also in the Dodgers Nation app. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But let's get into some of the comments. Let me know what you see, DMAC, and then... Um we got Michael you know. Correa over on YouTube says, I don't feel good about these upcoming games at all. So I think Dodger fans, they're really iffy about going on the road, playing this Giants team. Alfonso didn't get his try to deny it and even said Dodgers were cheating too. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll get there for sure. So it feels like fans in the stream, like it's it's like the Al Pacino line in The Godfather. Just when they try to take me out, they pull, pull me, me right away. back. And that's how I am with the Astros cheating scandal. You know that I get big triggered anytime it's brought up. And look, the fact that you have a former player a guy that was involved. If you look at his, if you look at Evan Drellick's book on it, he said that Gaddis had 71 bangs throughout the season. He benefited it from it just like some of the other big players. But the fact that he's willing to go on his Twitter and kind of speak a little bit about it, I think gives it new life. It, it absolutely does. And that's what I kind of want to wait on. I don't want us to talk too much about it today. Yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what the tweets are, some of that kind of stuff, some of the reactions from fans immediately. But I'm curious to see what, you know, the big dogs do. I want to see what Ken Rosenthal does with this, you know? Yeah, no, I agree what, with hey, you. I hey, mean, hey, uh, Cody, what's your uh, what's your dad, Ken Rosenthal, going to do with I this? I was actually going to talk to him today about it. Okay. I was going to report back to you guys. Appreciate But I got to go talk to Ken first. Right. I don't even Ken. call him dad. Ken. I call him Ken. Ken, yeah. Ken. As you yeah, should. Yeah, 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 yeah you know. He's got to know the facts for <laughs> sure. Craig's on the stream. Says, hi, guys. Happy Monday. Checking in from the 310. Michael Carrillo says, Roberts is Sar Charmin soft and needs to be the one protecting guys and not Austin Barnes. Any thought about the Barnesy getting kicked out? I know is. uh People enjoyed it. Was that yesterday? Time, yeah, time has no meaning. Happy Easter. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, that's why you see people out there saying that they want to see Austin Barnes as a future manager. I mean, to me, he has more Tommy Lasorda in him than Justin Turner does. I mean, I think he got that. Has that fight? Has that dog? And also, too, Lance Barrett was absolute <laughs> trash. There you go. Was absolute trash yesterday. And on both sides, I mean, you talk about yeah. what Austin Barnes is great at is what is 
getting that strike at the bottom of the zone, and they were not giving him that call yesterday on both sides. So I think the fact that, yeah, the Dodgers, they needed a little bit of a spark there and to stand up to his pitchers, I think it's going to help give them confidence because you, you need to light a fire under these bullpen pieces. If Dave Roberts can't do it, maybe Austin Barnes is the man that can't. There's a reason why in that clubhouse they say he should get that captain C. He seat. should get that C. It should be noted, and I noted it around on, on some of the articles that I've written, the Diamondbacks did not score after Austin Barnes got kicked out of the game. So got that dog in him. There you go, how player much, manager. How much X dog does Austin Barnes Off have to charts. play? I mean, Off the charts. We're talking about red, top, red, uh, like just top bright red, one hundred for sure. But yeah, <laughs> I think it was cool. I think that you saw too that it also shows that look him behind the plate, behind the dish as a game caller and as a guy that really can get in these pitchers' heads. That's why they love him. That's why they swear by him. And yeah, maybe offensively he's not going to be the best hitter. There's no question about that. But to me, he's the best backup catcher in a reason, and it's the way he can manage a pitching staff. Absolutely. Uh, notably, notably, Dave Roberts said uh, he didn't see the same things that, that Austin saw. He thought that Lance Barrett was calling a pretty even game, but it is what it is. Uh, getting this, uh, some of the comments here, and I know we got something good from Cody. Give me a second. I want to get through some more folks here. Keen's in the stream. Mr. Anthony Keen says, Happy Monday, my dudes. Happy, happy Monday, Anthony Keen. And he also says, Barnsley for manager. Somebody wants uh wants your hat by the way that sweet sweet Dodgers Nation hat those are those are limited edition uh the amount that that Doug was able to either buy for five dollars or <laughs> or you got it for free I forgot what it was if I say hatlaunch.com maybe I can get some free guys you never uh, know we can uh, work something uh, out you never uh, know let's get that let's yeah get if that. you guys like this lid, maybe we there. can work something <laughs> out I have a couple of prototypes that look more AM PM then we kind of get got to this one but yeah you guys can get the first edition this guy out here prototyping hats yeah you know first you know about Dr. Doug out here <laughs> oh man uh, uh let's see let's see let's see real quick uh uh, Michael Creo doesn't feel good about all these upcoming games. Uh, Sermon King is checking in on Twitch. Thanks for hanging out with us. Checking in from the 562. Oh, it was Keen that asked about the hat. Nice. Luis Cam uh, Rojas checking in for Camarillo, the 805. Um, Joshua checking in. YouTube 213. That is Seattle, Washington. Oscar 818. Um, Sermon King also saying Muncie needs to lay out those sinkers and cutters. Um, need the pitchers to elevate the pitchers. He's he's gotten a little bit better, but you can tell what they're doing with Max Muncy. They're keeping the ball low. They're trying to get him to chase soft down. Cody, what you got for me, Chief? You got something special? We got a super chat. I still like that. I want the lights. We need to make yeah. it. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Daniel, I'm sorry for I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. Daniel Vaquis. I don't know. Anyway, oh. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Sorry. I honestly don't know. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, Daniel, Daniel V on I, YouTube. Daniel V on YouTube. Thank you. Um, four ninety nine. He says, "Does it frustrate you, Dmac, that the Dodgers didn't bring up Altman earlier? He's clearly him." Yeah, I think it definitely frustrates me. I mean, if you look back at the shows we did back last September, what I say, when you consider the injury to Gavin Lux at the time, the IL stint, you had an opportunity to bring him up and give him some more reps, and he was already raking down at the minor league level. Talk about a guy, multiple cycles in one week. Yes, it's more of a statistical oddity than anything, but he had nothing to prove. And, hey, I said it on Twitter few weeks ago that he should have been on the NLDS roster so yeah I think it's kind of a little bit of Monday morning quarterback hindsight is 2020 yeah. with the result we're seeing early on in the season but
But yeah, I think the important thing, he's on the roster now, and you just have to continue to get him more reps against left-handed pitching, move him up in the lineup, I think, eventually, if Max Muncy can't get it together. But yeah, am I frustrated? To an extent, but like I've been saying on this show, he was a seventh-round draft pick. He was If he was a first or second-round pick, there's no question they would have yeah. prioritized having him on this lineup because that's how this organization does things. Jose Moda told us they always pick their guys, and he wasn't really necessarily their guy, but he has played himself and made himself undeniable. You gotta, you gotta put it all together. And also, shout out Jose Moda. We got all of uh, what you, you broke it out into three parts of the interview uh, on our YouTube channel. So check that out: YouTube.com/slash/DodgersNationTV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment the when Moda you're on trilogy. every single one of our videos. Doug talked to Jose Moda for 17 hours. <laughs> or at least that's what it felt like in here. But good stuff. We love Jose, and he wants to come back in here at some point. But, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Look at where James Altman is at now. Maybe he needed to not be called up. Maybe he needed to go through the being sent down and staying down there. There was an injury he had that he mentioned the toe. somewhere during spring training. Yeah, he mentioned the toe that happened. Um, I think that was in August or something like that, just before or just after his you know, two grand slam week or whatever. But, um, you know, he told you in the off season here on Dodgers nation TV that when he came up, you know, he says like, those six days or however many days it was felt like 10 months of, of, uh, just learning and being around, learning how to be a big leaguer. And hearing the way Dave's talking about him right now, Coach Clayton McCullough, we have some articles. Check him out on DodgersNation.com as well. Um, all of it, I think, happened for a reason. We're getting this version of James Altman at the right time because they weren't going to bench belly at that point, and Mookie's not going anywhere and all that, and, and Trace Thompson was still a thing. But I'm happy with where James Altman's at the moment. We're going to get... We're going to get more into James Altman a little bit later. But uh, get through uh, a couple more of them comments there, Kimo Sabi. Uh, we got uh, Alfonso. I think our sponsor will appreciate this one. He says, he must be on that Ornitos talking tweet. So, yeah, I think Gaddis hit that Ornitos. Hope we can take a couple more shots in. Chesky's. Spill more of that. But we got Joseph Luca. Uh, what up with Grover? A run per eight innings. A run per eight pitches, pitching his way back to Sesame Street. Wow. <laughs> That's a nice burn right there, for sure. Yeah, the thing with my fire, fire take. <laughs> That's more of a finish him. Yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. yeah, I think the thing with Michael Grove we saw yesterday, and we'll probably talk about the pitching a little more in depth in just a second. Is look, he's just not doesn't. It, I mean, when he's not throwing that curveball, when he's not able to be effective with his secondary pitches and put guys away and miss bats a little bit, it's very tough for him. And yesterday too, he was struggling with command. I mean, just go back and look where the catcher, where Austin Barnes was set up. I mean, he was missing glove side, missing arm side. And when you're going up against a team like the Diamondbacks that just wants to put their bat on the ball and put the ball in play. And the defense has been a little shoddy. I think, too, we're talking about James Outman. They didn't do him any favors defensively on that McCarthy hit that he stretched into a double early in the game that Herrera would knock in. I think that was also a product, too. But, yeah, it was the two outs, the two out hits, the two strike, inability to put guys away. He just doesn't have great stuff. I mean, let's just yeah. be honest. That's the reality with Michael Grove. He's serviceable to an extent as a number four, number five starters for a lot of teams around this league. But he does not. He doesn't have the electrifying stuff. Even his no. fastball, even though it, it touched 97, 98 during spring training doesn't have it's that electricity him. that spin to it so yeah i mean he is what he is at this point i mean he's just not going to be a guy who's going to project to be a front line type starter but look i mean he has he, there's been he's had some nice moments he was cruising in his first start and then everything kind of fell apart in this one he just didn't have it like a lot of the dodgers starters this weekend yeah, so it clearly wasn't just him I yeah mean, Kershaw had had five good innings and then got snake bit ah snake bit thank you um <laughs> 
Cindergard looked like Dookie. It is what it is. Alex Renteria. He says uh, here on YouTube, this team is average. Right now, I would say average is a, is a, a boost because they looked like booty. And not a good booty out there in Arizona. Just saying. Thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we got Deanna checking in from somewhere. I forgot I saw it somewhere in there. But uh, uh, Daniel says Ryan Pepio will win the Cy Young. Uh, doubt that one. Let's um, let's quickly talk about this whole Gaddis thing. I, again, I don't want to talk too much about it because, like you said, this has been talked about so much over the last few years. But uh, Evan Gaddis is on some sort of roll on Twitter or was on some sort of roll on Twitter for about a 12, uh, I don't know, 12, 16-hour bender or something like that. Uh, the big the big tweet that he threw out there, he was asked, um, uh, you know, I appreciate you being honest, sharing your thoughts as it relates to any team. Uh, has there been enough transparency since this all came out? And were the trash cans out in full force for the World Series as well? That was the main part of the question. Uh, Gaddis says, I think we knew and used multiple signs, or I think they knew, teams, they used uh, multiple signs, which we all know plenty about by now. Uh, one guy who used them the most, Alex Wood, who the Dodgers face tomorrow, I think it is. Um, it's like, but it's been a while, doesn't quite remember. Uh, I remember knowing what was coming against Kershaw, and that's the big one out there. As a team, we swung and missed a handful of times only against him. And that goes right in with the narrative that you've preached that that everybody's looked at uh, bringing your facts to the fight where what is it the team swung it missed uh, or or th he threw 51 of those pitches I think it was and got zero swings and misses on on his you know Cooperstown curveball in the game yeah that ain't right yeah no and this is if you look at way back in the day since the start since they started adding swinging strikes on breaking balls in 08 no pitcher has more than 2200 of them kershaw has over 3500 them like you mentioned they didn't offer at any of them you could see if you rewatch the game if you're a masochist like me and you want to turn that on at 3 a.m on a tuesday every now and then and just kind of study the tape they had no interest in offering at those pitches and really the thing about the gaddis thing is it's not as eye-opening for me just because there's really no news i mean we knew in the past that they were they were involved in just nefarious activities that other teams weren't. I think the narrative that the Astros fans say is like, oh, the, the, the Dodgers, Dodgers are cheating too. The reality is the Dodgers, even the worst thing that they're accused of as far as what they're being alleged to be doing, as far as using the video room to get signs and decoding signs during games, wherever the case is, they weren't relaying during games in live, in real-time action. Yeah. And that's exactly what the Astros were doing. Also, too, if you go read Evan Drelch's book, he points out that, yes, it is confirmed, they did use the trash can banging system in the postseason they did cheat and look that title is absolutely fugazi man it's the abs they had to beat they had to cheat la to beat la and we know that i mean that's just the reality i mean it's the most phony mickey mouse title that really exists because look i mean you're talking about a team that cheated and had to go to seven games i always hear astros fans tell me why didn't you win game two why didn't you win game seven at home look the reality is they cheated they knew the answers to the test and still couldn't sweep so yeah i have no sympathy for astros fans or gaddis or any of these guys that were involved because yeah the reality is they can win multiple titles be, <clears throat> be all enshrined in the hall of fame make multiple all-star teams but their legacy always is and always will be their involvement in the trash campaign scandal of 2017 that is what they will yeah. be known for a hundred years from now just like the black Sox scandal is still alive and well so yeah i mean it's just it's sad but i want to ask you a question because, oh. because oh. no because i Look, I surround like, table. No, I, I, just real, real quick. If <laughs> okay, you, if yeah, you yeah. 
yeah, you yeah, just yeah. Uh, entertain me. Um, during okay. the uh, during the Twitter, the, uh, I, dur- when I you know I said Kershaw would win World Series MVP, and I I will die on that hill because yeah, I, I feel like he was cruising through four. If he finishes that game, I think you consider a guy eleven punchies. One run ball in game one. The narrative surrounding. I think maybe Doc, if they're up big in the cl- in the clincher, maybe comes against the final three outs. But do you think Jock would have won the World Series MVP over Kirsch? Or do you think Kirsch would have taken home that award? I think it would have been. I don't know. I mean, uh, he was kind of beastly. He he was pretty beast, but but uh, they love home runs, and if yeah. you you find a way to to put your team ahead with a bomb, um, people care about that a little bit more. You could have had another uh, another Dodger co MVP or something like that. I, I do think it would have gone to Kirsch just because it's Clayton F. Kershaw. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's the thing, too. You look at the narrative. You look at that that lineup for the Astros. I mean, if you look at their run differential, I mean, they were a powerhouse, especially at home. And if they weren't cheating. And the other thing, too, a lot of people don't mention is the slick balls in that series. That really affected... <laughs> It really affected <laughs> Kershaw's ability. I mean, I'm being serious on that one. It really affected his ability to yeah. throw that slider, and he kind of talks about that. But, yeah, I mean, look, Jock, too, you see he had a home run in game two where they lost. He had that home run in game six where they won by a score of three to one. So, yeah, to me, that's Kershaw's award, and that really would have cemented his legacy as the greatest pitcher in the modern era. I mean, he would yeah. it would have really taken it to a whole other level. It, it would have. That would have changed. Uh, I mean, it's already there. There's the, Yeah, I he's already a goat. He could stop right now, and he's going to be in Cooperstown in five years. That's that's one of the easiest, uh, you know. That's a, that's a that's a tap in right there. Masters, congratulations, yeah. John Rom. Um, I was gonna say I thought you were talking about soccer, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Shout out John Rom though. Shout out John Rom, friend of the show. Shout out to Max. Not a friend of the show. Shout out Max Homa, hey, friend of the show. Max Homa, John Rom, Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy. Don't matter. Just just Shout everyone. Man, we'll do, I, a, I we'll re- do a Dodgers roundtable. Not Phil you guys. Mickelson though. Not Phil. <laughs> Not, Not Phil. Phil. Down with Phil. Very finished, though. Uh, I don't remember what we we're talking about, but uh, how about them Dodgers? Oh, yeah, K- Kershaw, good. That would have been something. But uh, more so than it, um, I guess, affirming or, or, or yeah, affirming his legacy, it wouldn't have har- you know, hammered his legacy, destroyed his legacy as much. Not to say it was destroyed, because I think 2020, you know, it, it kind of evened out. He did get something that would have been a lot better if he's a two-time World Series champion. Um but here's the thing, Clint. This, when I say it, he could have retired. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 
on the podium accepting that, and he would have been like, yes, he's a goat. There's no question Kershaw about out. it. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drop the mic, Kershaw out. I mean, there's levels to this goat stuff. And how about this? Let's say he wins that World Series MVP, and then in 2019 we see what happens in Game Five. That could have happened, and still you wouldn't have seen people come out with memes. They would have had the Joker thing and saying the choker and things like that. Kershaw has had to deal with all this unnecessary stuff and all this ridicule and this reputation yeah. that he's not a, a great postseason pitcher when the reality is he's just been on a great team with a great franchise and he's had more opportunities to fail yeah. when the reality is you look at Sandy Koufax yes he was lights out we're talking about a guy that didn't have the same amount yeah, of innings but he so. also had like one series back in the day you're just you win and then you're straight into the World Series or you know there Another was great point. Some, yeah there was an LCS in there and all that also Kershaw for for a while was the only guy like he had to pitch on short wrist rest every yeah. single year and he was bad or at least he was not good on short rest a couple more things from gaddis here and then we'll get into some of the comments i do want to hear from some folks and i'm sure the astros trolls are in there so astros trolls if you want us to read your comments make sure you drop a super chat uh at least 14 dollars for us to read your chat if you're an astros fan um Gaddis says the craziest thing, and he's since deleted this tweet, but he says the craziest thing about cheating, uh, about the cheating years, facing a guy like you, Darvish, and getting shut out, not uh, and while knowing what's coming, that you know you could you could cheat, or you could know what's coming. It's still hard to hit a ball, obviously. Uh, it helps though when you know kind of uh, differences in speed. Um, 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 he says, uh, or the people that uh, that knew we were cheating and created signs that nobody could decipher. Respect to the pitchers and catchers, and that's a big one between like Austin and and uh, Alex Wood. That 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 story needs to be like its own thirty for thirty or something like that. Because I remember talking to Ross Stripling a little bit about that one back in the day. Name drop for you, um, current Giant, which sucks. But he was he was talking about how you know like Woody was the guy who was very, very anal about it, and he threw together the best game of anybody. <laughs> I don't think... I don't, uh, all right, well, you know, went in Rome. Uh, let's see. There was another one. He did, of course, mention... He says, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers had a system as well. There, There's nothing there. There's no meat. It's just saying, yeah, yeah, probably had something there. And he also talked about the buzzer thing, which was kind of funny. Did Gaddis? He says, I don't know if there's any truth to the buzzers. If there was, Altuve wouldn't want it anyway. He's a reactionary hitter. And another one about the buzzers. I have no idea. It used to be possible, and, and I researched it. If anyone used them, they were smart enough to not tell me, which apparently... Yeah, because he was going to let it all out. You know, the the new Mike Fires here. But let's find some of the the comment uh, comment people in here. Um, let's see, let's see. Somebody, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any comments because I was I was reading all of his things. We got uh, the entire league was cheating. Stop crying. That's from YT Commenter. But that's the thing. You just cannot paint that broad stroke. The reality is that there is no evidence. Anything that points to the Dodgers doing what the Astros were doing. I mean, just, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, for fans that say that, honestly, I, I don't know a better way to say this. They just sound stupid. It really sounds stupid by saying that everyone was cheating because the reality is that that's just, no one was get stealing signs in real time through a camera and using it at the, in the moment. So like the reality is we're all teams using a video room to decode signs. Yes, absolutely. They were, could the Dodgers have been doing that? Yes, absolutely. They could have, but were they doing it in real time in the postseason and relaying it? No, the answer is no. And look, do you think that we're already so many years removed? Had the Dodgers have been doing it, you would already seen that. It would already come out at that, this point. So yeah. look, the reality is the Astros are the dirty cheaters. They have the worst 
illegitimate World Series of all time, in my opinion. And look, that's just Evan Gaddis's. Look, I, Evan Gaddis, here's your invitation. Come on this show. Come on this show, Evan Gaddis, and let's just set the record straight when it comes to all this Astros talk. Yes, guys, we're cheating, but still, I think you and I both know that the Dodgers weren't on the level of the Astros. And still, even that, they just were not. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Come on, Evan. Come by. We have tequila. Anthony Keen <laughs> says, uh, Kirsch, Dick Mountain, the narrative would be so much different on a lot of players. One person asked, uh, Joshua asked, uh, would you rather have the, the Dodgers win that 17 World Series if it meant they didn't win the 2020? I mean, that 17 team was really fun. The 20 team was, was fun as well, but I don't know. I mean, they're all my babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have an answer to that. I guess 17 because, I don't know, there was, there was a lot, I don't know, there was a lot of really good on that team. And then we also wouldn't have to hear the BS about a 60-game season. Yeah, I think what was so great about that 27 – yeah, that's a good point, too. But <laughs> I think what was so fun about that 2017 team season, by the, way. was uh, the fact that so many guys that we've heard about for so many years before that season, the Cody Bellingers, the Jock Petersons, they were all starting to really just come into their own and starting to contribute. Belly, 39 home runs that year. Chris Taylor, I mean, he has a, as a leadoff guy, I think that team had a lot of character, a lot of grit. But the 2020 team is when they really started to say, okay, we're bringing in the superstars, the Mookie Betts of the world. And I still wish that team had an opportunity to play in a full 162 game season i think that title would have gotten more even more respect than it already has but yeah like i said 2017 <laughs> we can talk about it over and over and over but yeah gaddis like i said it, it's not very much new information no that's enough about that hopefully we never have to talk about it again and just tired of it yeah unless it's on our show until until evan comes we get the office. oh i was gonna say until we get carlos Correa to come onto the show or rob manfred in here to apologize or Ken Ooh. Rosenthal. That fool can. <laughs> All right, let's get into the latest in Dodgers Nation, brought to you by the Dodgers Nation app. Guys, the app is back, and it's better than ever. It's also crunchy because that's a good descriptor right now. There's the schedule is on there. All of our YouTube content is on there. All of the podcast content is up there, plus all of uh, the latest news and greatest things about your Los Angeles Dodgers. It's the number one Dodgers app in the Apple App Store. You're just going to want to search Dodgers, and we're right there. There's also an Android version. It's finally back up and running, and it looks great. So now load the Dodgers Nation app today. What you got? We got something special? First of all, that was a great. That's what a, I do. That's, someone, that's a great, that's a guy with passion right there. Doug, Doug. Doug started off with his his passionate rant about the the Astros, and then you just followed it up with the Dodgers Nation. Passionate show. Go download. Now it's gonna get fire, real good yeah. because Go download it. But you know I, I uh, wanted to get. Now to we it. get to talk about the Dodgers and how they kind of kind of booty right now. Well, before we get to that, I didn't want to like disrupt the flow of the Dodgers. We got another super Let's chat. Go! Let's go. Let's go. Daniel V is back at it again. He Thank gave you, us four ninety nine. He says, "Does Max Scherzer still have dead arm? Because he got rocked <laughs> the other day. We dodged a bullet by letting him go." Did you see him uh, talk about, you know, the uh, him being old and, and the pitch clock kind of being bad for old boys? Yeah, I did see that. That's and interesting. I mean, it's it's I could totally understand that as an old boy myself. Yeah, I mean, I remember I asked Will Smith during spring training, are some of the older guys, some of the guys that rely on max effort going to be affected? And he said no. And I was like, really? You really don't think they're going to be affected in any way because you really have to gather. But, yeah, I think that Max Scherzer, is, does he still have a dead arm? I 
Oh, yeah. No, I think Max Scherzer, I mean, I think that arm, like, resurrected himself just in time to sign that contract, <laughs> and then it died once again. So I think that was the most important thing for him. And, yeah, that's why I wasn't extremely high on Max Scherzer at the time as far as a re-signing because, like I said, it was a business decision. I think it definitely hurt the Dodgers' chances. I think if they had gone through that series, they could have found a way to win the World Series that year and go back-to-back. But also, too, you were in a bidding war with the Mets at the time, and you didn't want to enter a bidding war with Steve Cohen, who just had money burning in his pocket, was just just throwing out like a drunken sailor. So, yeah, I was fine with that. But, yeah, I mean, he's a guy. That's why I'm not as high on the Mets because you have so many injury concerns and older players. Old, old, old boys. But uh, Ace, Ace, RP. Thank you you for the the Super Chat. Another one. That's great. Appreciate you. All right, uh, the Dodgers went three and three since our last Monday show, which victory lap for me. It's what I called. Thank you. Thank you. I've taken a few victory laps on this show, by the way. So stick around for me to bring up crap that I talked about before and got lucky on. I don't know if it's lucky. I mean, I would prefer the team do bad, but um, anyways, or do good, so I look bad. But they looked really bad in Arizona. You go one and three. Syndergaard did not look very great, much to the chagrin here of Noah Cameras. Follow him at Noah Cameras on Twitter and, and, and shout bad things at him um, in the comments. Um, Michael Grove, <laughs> woof, did not have a good outing. Kershaw won too many innings. Uh, but Diamondbacks are a good-looking ball club, which another mutual victory lap here. We said, hey, this is a this is a team that can very much surprise people uh, when we did our, our NOS season preview, uh, our NOS preview for the season, whatever, however you want to word it or what order. And they looked really good, and they look like a team that can very much give the Dodgers fits every single time they play them because the Dodgers do not do well against youth and speed because they can't hold runners. Um, the, <laughs> the rule changes do not help in any way. Five stolen bases on Sunday alone. Eight stolen bases in the in, in the series. Um, you had mentioned, you know, there's some good parts. I guess it's kind of getting into the rules side of thing a little bit uh, less than really diving into the uh, the Arizona series because I agree with Dave Roberts. Just move on, put it in the rearview mirror, put it behind you. But um, it feels like. Yeah, on offense, uh, the rules are helping the Dodgers, but on defense and on pitching, it's really, really hurting L.A. No question about it. And like I said, we're taking victory laps. I mean, we're going to give you credit. He goes three and three. I said four and two. These guys said all six and no. Look at these, these sunshine pumpers here. First of all, no one said six and no. Yes, go back and watch the show. Oh, was no, uh, only no, uh, said that's six right. and no. <laughs> Okay, that's yeah. right. Okay, right. but anyway, so relax so, there, buddy. <laughs> relax, buddy. <laughs> so getting back to it, look, a few weeks ago when I dropped the the video on how the rules would impact the Dodgers, the thing that I warned you guys about was the balls in play. Mm-hmm. And when your bullpen doesn't miss bats, when your bullpen uh, pitches to contact, this is something that's going to happen. And if you look at the numbers, they indicate that you're not getting as much swing and miss. The strikeout rate is currently at 19.4 percent. That's 24th in all of Major League Baseball. Last season, that was at 26.7. 
27%. That was good for fourth. 2021, 25.5%. If you go all the way back, it's all 25 and up. And so you combine the fact that these guys aren't missing bats. You're not getting velocity guys. You're struggling to really just mow guys down, especially with two outs, too. That was one of the big things that really stood out to me is their inability to get strikeouts with two outs and two strikes and situations like that. But when you factor that in and then you combine it with the fact that you don't have the advantage of the restricted shift, of aligning guys in situations where if you can induce that soft contact, put the ball in play, you can get outs. Currently right now, a 333 batting average on balls in play. So that means 33% of the time the ball's in play, it's going for a hit. Yeah. Last season. And we're seeing it. And we're seeing it, right? And last season, that number. 16 hits on Sunday, by 16 the way. hits. I mean, more hits. I mean, Casey Kasem's going to get jealous. So many hits out there. I mean, so many hits for this team. It's unbelievable. But this last season that was at 269 so that the the dodgers have had the formula but now you're seeing a more of a level playing field and the dodgers don't really have that cheat code per se and a team like the diamondbacks i think the good one of the silver linings i'm always trying to look at the mitch lot half full one of the silver linings that i'm looking at is the fact that you're playing a diamondbacks team early on that can show you what this brand of baseball can do for you a team that's not going to go out there and try to slug they're going to yeah. try to beat you with speed and put the ball in play and the dodgers they definitely had a learning lesson and they learned the hard way against this D-backs team that I like we said I mean I said they're going to surprise people I picked them to finish third in the division but still I mean it was a rude awakening for this Dodgers pen and kind of for me I think what's the answer here I mean what is the answer I mean that I mean there's really you can dig deep and hope that Daniel Hudson's going to return from injury and be that guy Alex Ray is in yeah. the middle of the season one guy is going to make a difference so yeah uh you didn't throw a question to me but I'm gonna throw a question to you it, uh, do you look at the series as um a throwaway or is it something a sign of something bigger like is it should it really be like a massive concern for this team I think to me it's a microcosm of I, I really think it's something that really leads to a bigger problem. I think that you look at the way Andrew Friedman has manufactured bullpens. I mean, he just treats it like it's like putting together a meal with leftovers, right? You're just putting something on a plate, you throw in the microwave, and you eat it. He doesn't treat it like it's the entree, That's right? It. The starting pitching, the lineup, you treat that like the entree. The bullpen, though, look at who's on this bullpen. It's Reclamation Project. It's Shelby Miller. I mean, he was wilder than a frat party. He's, he's, yeah, but he's the guy who's like hasn't. That's a zero ERA. You know, he hasn't allowed a run yet. But all the walks. I mean, he had yeah. all those walks yesterday. He really is not commanding the zone. I mean, definitely, he's, he's one of the guys that definitely got squeezed preventer. a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, his stuff has looked pretty okay. But still, if you just look at that, $1.5 million. Yancey Almonte, they get him off the scrap heap, too. Evan Phillips is a guy who... Fireman Phillips last season established himself as one of the best in the game. Well, his velo's down a little bit. The strikeouts are down a little bit. I think he's going to be fine because that cutter and inducing that soft contact yeah. with that sweeper is going to be there. But a lot of these guys, Bruce Dar Gratterall, of course, yeah, hey, he was basically, they got him because the Mookie Betts trade fell apart and they didn't like the boss and didn't like their medicals. And yeah. with Bazooka, he's a guy who always feels like he's, it almost feels like, I mean, what does his calendar look like as far as like the first part of the season? It always feels like it takes him a month to really just get going. So the point I'm trying to make is they don't invest a lot in the bullpen. And to a certain point, I'm okay with that because if there is one position group that you can fix during the season, it is the bullpen. And you can go out there and try to make moves. And if you're the Dodgers and Andrew Friedman, what happened last year? 
they made a trade for a bullpen piece at the beginning of this season, and it turned out to be a nightmare with Ke Craig Kimbrell going yeah. Craig Crumble for most of the year. And I mean, they tend to fail or at least not have success with the big name, and it, it's hard for around the league for people to have success going out and getting getting the big name. Usually, Andrew Friedman has the success by going out and plucking at Evan Phillips, uh, you know, off the waiver wire or. Um, a free agent signing of a Yancey or a, a low-key trade for a Dylan Flora, who eventually became a low-key trade for an Alex Vesia, a Tony Singrani, who was good for a while. Um, whenever they have kind of gone for the bigger names, I don't know if you want to call them bigger, Tony Watson, yeah, there was some success there in 17. Ended up costing you that full O'Neal. Um, get better soon, four months on the <laughs> I.L. I, I had to. It was a long way to really get to that. But uh, th there's no quick fix for this. The quick fix is these guys need to figure it out. Uh, you know, I, I I was up, you know, late, worried about everything in the world. Uh, at three in the morning, I decided to, to throw out on Twitter just so I could be first on it. You know, I expect to see Wander Suero somewhere up here pretty soon uh, because also they they burned through a lot of pitches over this series. And, you know, if they have uh, – if Julio can't go deep today – you know, I think they're looking at him to go seven or eight to give the bullpen a rest. You could see something, some action starting uh, sooner. I wouldn't be surprised if something is happening before the game. I guess by now we would have heard it already. But uh, there's, this was something, third victory lap. And I got some crap in it for uh, in the comments on DodgersNation.com because uh, somebody accused me of revisionist history because I said if you looked at this this uh, this Dodgers roster, one of the areas, the biggest areas of concern was the bullpen. And, hey, I've been saying that for at least two, three months. I had the epiphany moment here, sitting here with you when we were going through the roster for the 8,000th time uh, in the offseason leading up to spring training. I was like, wow, this could be a really, really bad bullpen. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it looks right now, but it looks really bad right now. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to spin this because, like I said, in this day and age of Major League Baseball, and look, I just want to point out, too, this isn't a problem that's exclusive to the Dodgers. There's bullpens all around the league that are struggling, and I think, too, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the adjustment to the pitch clock because a lot yeah. of these pitchers look a little sped up out there. I think Caleb Ferguson yesterday, he comes in, he looks good for a couple minutes, but you saw... He that two-out RBI to McCarthy, and he's just not hitting his spots. And then he gives allows that double steal in the fifth, and Nick Ahmed got that massive jump, and Perdomo gets that hit on a 3-2 count. So that, to me, that just completely encapsulates the Dodgers' bullpen. A two-out hit, a two-strike hit, guys stealing on you. The Dodgers are one of the worst in the league at holding runners, and they definitely need to make an adjustment on that because it's not on Will Smith, it's not on Austin Barnes, and they need to do a better job of recognizing that because, look, the word is out there that you can steal on the the Dodgers and that's going to happen all season long if they don't make that adjustment but kind of to get back to your point what can you do we're talking about Wander Suero and Nationals fans Suero by him they really are big fans of him they think that he has a lot of potential coming yeah. out of the pen he definitely has the upside in the strikeout of the strikeout stuff but how about this I've heard that Victor Gonzalez looks pretty good down there hit 96 he's looking a little better and ferguson nice. hasn't inspired very much confidence alex vesia is a guy who look last season alex vesia he got off to a very hot start then he had an era of over four in june over four in, over four in may over four in june and then he was lights out for the last 25 and two-thirds innings of the he's year kind of a slow starter slow or, starter i guess he goes through bad 
bad spells. So I guess we'll say like, and and Dave is you know to his, I don't know if it's to a credit, but Dave has said they're all kind of to some degree struggling with mechanics or working through something mechanical. Uh, I don't know how yeah. they didn't figure it out during spring training. I saw somebody uh, comment on uh, on the website uh, that you know they saw fewer. Uh, split squad games, so there was fewer opportunities to get some pitchers in there. I don't know about all that, but uh, I think they had an ample time to get ready. Um, just seems like they're in a bad, bad spot uh, um, mechanically in some dudes. Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at game action, it's very different than what we see in spring training, and they're going to need to adjust to this pitch clock. I think mechanics also is impacted by that, too. And, yeah, if you just look at the numbers across the board, I mean, a 4-6-8 ERA, I mean, that's just not going to get it done. This is something that this team has had a strength in for the last few seasons is a bullpen that you can count on. And, look, we're kind of doing the same thing we did last year, and we're waiting for guys to come back from injuries, and there's a lot of what-ifs. Can Alex Reyes be that guy? Can Daniel Hudson be the guy who was lights out last year? I mean, he was on his way to having a career year Huddy was I mean he had a strikeout rate over 30 a walk rate at like 5.5 something like that five saves he still finished with the second most saves even though he missed the last three months of the season but can he be that guy because he's 37 38 years old so you're relying on that you're relying can Blake trying to come back I mean maybe That's Walker Bueller comes back in the postseason way too many ifs in my opinion and yeah I think what it's going to come down to is can this team just improve their command across the board because right now it's almost looking like there's a dunk tank out there, and if you're sitting on that dunk tank, you're going to end up dry, right? Because they're not hitting their spots out there. But like I said, still tons of talent in this bullpen. But I think, you know, everyone always likes to look at the individual player. This guy's trash. That guy's trash. This guy's trash, right? But honestly, this is more of a personnel thing. And the Diamondbacks team, they've evolved with the times. They put together a roster that can yeah. thrive with the new rules, whereas this Dodgers team in their bullpen, they had to have known that, the new rules, the ball's going to be more in play, and they were going to have as many advantages. So I think you're going to see them get a Chris Martin type. But here's the thing. Chris Martin at the beginning of the season last year didn't look like the Chris Martin at the end of the season last year, that he was fantastic with the Dodgers. You saw his K rate. You saw what he did on the mound, and that's what you have to do. You have to allow this reliever market to simmer a little bit, yeah. let guys emerge, and then you can pick up a guy up. Because the worst thing you can do is pick up a guy that was good last year, and he's not good this year. I mean, look, just hypothetically, let's say Vesey is not good this year, right? Yeah. I mean, what if a team went out there and traded for Vesey and he wasn't good? They, you need to see guys, this how they perform, because bullpen pieces, very volatile. A lot of one-hit wonders. Well, we kind of saw that, too. 21 Bickford was good. 22, not as good. You got something for me, Cody? What's going Let's on? Let's go. Let's to wrap up uh, the bullpen talk just a little bit. Um, we got another super chat from Daniel V. Daniel V. Daniel, my brother. And he uh, said another one. Another one. Uh, sorry, 4.99. Thank uh, you, from Daniel V. Thank you again. Uh, he said another one. Who's one player in the league that you would like to add to our bullpen? Great question. We had Shohei to the bullpen. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about the like the rando bullpen arms around the league. I can tell you not Craig Kimbrell. I can tell you not Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I advocate for this guy, but it's very interesting that the Dodgers, there was a rumor for a few days that were interested in Aroldis Chapman. Oh. Have you seen Chapman's numbers this season? I mean, he's back to Mr. 102, a strikeout rate of over 50%. Will Smith is a guy for Texas who he's gone off to a really good start. But if you look at his contract, he's still owed over $13 million this year. So, yeah, it's on an expiring deal. The Dodgers might like that if he was a, if they need another lefty, per se, in a, <laughs> if they want an 
actual established closer if Daniel Hudson can't be that guy. So, yeah, I mean, there are names. I mean, Jake Diekman is a guy who Get he's me. got off to a slow start, but he's another lefty. I mean, look, this is what you look at. This is If you want to look at what relievers the Dodgers will go after, it's guys that have maybe one year or two years max on their contract that are high strikeout rate guys, high spin rate guys. I mean, that is what they're looking for. That's the kind of dynamic exactly they're trying to go after. they want, for sure. Yeah, so... Get me Devin Williams. Get me the Airbender. If 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 prospect capital is no uh, no uh, whatever, how do they, how do you, what, what's the expression for a make believe world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like money is no object. Prospects are no object. Humans shouldn't be an object either way. Get me Devin Williams. That's what I want. It's not gonna happen. It- Look at what the Padres did. They went out there and got Josh Hader. He was fantastic down the stretch. And the last image you see of the 2021-2022 season is Freddie Freeman striking out with Hader on the mound. But we're up with the bullpen session with what nickname do you like the most for Phil Bickford? Because you mentioned Bickford. He actually has looked a lot better. I mean, painting the corner with 97. I mean, as long as he avoids the heart of the plate, he's a guy that can at least get some swing and miss uh, as opposed to some of the other guys in the pen. But I like I like the, I like the Thin Thor, Diet Thor, or the Phil Billy. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Couple of those pretty good. And yeah, Di- Diet Thor is pretty solid. Okay, Thor Zero. Thor Zero. There you go. T- there you T-Z. go. T-Z. <laughs> T-Z. T-Z. All right, a couple of comments. I think there's some really good stuff in here. We've kind of got the, our run of show a little jumbled here because we decided to dive right into the bullpen. Jason Diamond says uh, Friedman needs to redeem himself after the terrible offseason and getting nothing significant. This team needs some big pieces. I would argue they don't need big pieces. I think they just need one or two. Um, one or two bullpen arms will be good, uh, will be a big difference maker for this team. But also, I think it mainly just needs time. They need to figure it out. I don't, uh, like I already said, I don't think as as bad as they are right now, I don't think this is really who they are. Um, it's just they need to kind of yeah, they continue just, working through it. They need to establish themselves. Hey, one thing, too, for this team, there isn't an exact, you know, named and blessed closer. So they kind of don't. I mean, they know their roles, but it, it, that could be something where, in the back of your mind, maybe that throws them off a little bit. I don't know. Athletes are kind of soft sometimes. Shout out Anthony Rendon, um, Kevin Uhas in the stream says, "Why don't we call up Stone and or Miller and use them as a bullpen piece?" Stone, that's not going to happen. He would be the next guy in line to get a start potentially if if um, Grove went down with something because there's no other starters healthy but they want to give gavin stone some time i think you would agree with like with that at least two more months in the minor leagues at triple a see what he's about see how if he can find and handle any adversity there miller he's not even pitching yet no yeah yeah so that's definitely a long way away and yeah gavin stone you got to let them develop i mean only 23 and a thirds innings heading into this season and also too 
I mean, if you look at, I projected him to make seven starts this season and have an ERA round 275, a FIP round a little above three, but you don't want to burn him out early on in the year and really just make him have that role. And also, too, Tony Gonsolin is a guy that he's kind of had some setbacks. The ankle hasn't looked great, and that's affecting him mechanically. Ryan Pepio is dealing with that oblique injury. So there are some guys that are ahead of Gavin Stone at the moment, mm -hmm. but at the same token, if this pitching staff continues to struggle, you don't want to, you want to leave no stone unturned and you want to go out there and get one of the best guys and I still think though like with Gavin Stone I want to see two or three or four outings consistently before you even consider that and the reality is his value is going to come as a starting pitcher it's not as a reliever he did he was a closer in college and he is familiar with that role. I remember I asked him during our interview, do you think that would help you if they needed you in that capacity? And he said, yeah, I think it would. But I think the organization at this point, they see him as a guy that his value comes as a starter. And that changeup, you don't want to throw him out there and really not take advantage of his ability to go multiple innings. Yeah, he's going to be a starter. His future in this league is as a starter, at least for now. Apparently, you guys just brought it up, but we, we got another super let's chat. Go! Ray, Ray Barrios for $5 says, any updates on Bobby Miller's sore shoulder? Any chances he's part of the rotation? Sometimes Say that three times fast. That was so hard for to say. For $5. <laughs> uh, thank you for the super chat, Ray. Appreciate uh, everybody pitching in to the DMAC hat fund. Um, yeah, there really haven't been any updates on Bobby Miller right now. The last we were told is he's staying back in Arizona. He was being slow ramped up. We knew before then, hey, he wasn't going to get into any uh, Cactus League games this year. But um, I'm hoping we see him sometime in, in uh, May getting into some AAA games, whether it be, you know, slow ramp up in the bullpen that you would probably assume or maybe, you know, two, three, four inning uh, start probably two or three inning starts at at the most to get him going but i appreciate the super chat he will be yet another one of the dodgers mini kind of second half help guys second half of the season helpers yeah no mike i mean if you look at bobby miller they're just they've had him on bubble wrap for quite some time now and i think everyone was anticipating him to make a start during spring training i mean you saw back in 2022 him starting in that game against the angels and striking out shohei otani things were trending in the right direction for him but yeah i think for for him it's going to take some time but yeah another name i was thinking i like i got a i got a video that i'm working on for some bullpen piece that i want to like tip too many of them off but michael fulmer is another guy for the chicago cubs who i think might be able to be some version of this year's chris martin with, with his ability to miss batch and get strikeouts so there is going to be names out there but i think they have to assess what they have and who are going to be the dudes that are currently in stock in this bullpen because you don't want to hit that market too early that's the last thing you want to do because look you have no leverage you're not operating from a, a spot of leverage and also you really want to see if these guys can be the guys they were last season I literally just said people aren't aren't products, sir. <laughs> hey. And you go and say they're in stock. I appreciate that. <laughs> go to the bullpen aisle. Go to the bullpen aisle. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, just so we have something that we could really cap off this segment with and potentially put a, post on social media so people like us, where is the, the bullpen at? Uh, I'm restart that. Where's the bullpen at in your freakout meter or on your freakout meter so far? So I Ten games in. So 10 games in, I recently just gave it a six and a half. I go six and a half. 
But I think it's a six and a half that is doesn't have that much hope as going any lower or higher. I don't think I don't think this bullpen has a lot of potential to be elite. I think they have the potential to be really good if everything breaks right as far as health. But as far as the pitch repertoire of these guys and their inability to miss bats, that's why I think they need to go out there and get a guy that offers a different dynamic. So six and a half for me on the bullpen freakout meter, Mr. Pasillas. Put me at an eight. Is eight bad? Eight it's bets. pretty high. I don't know. I guess it's not a freak out. I don't really freak out. Like I have no soul. I have no feelings. I don't. I don't. I'm just angry all the time. It seems like a problem. Um, You're the heart and soul of the show. It's my show. Oh wait, no, it's your show. I'm just hosting it. That's what it there is. There you go. There it is. There you go. There you I, me- go. I messed up Doug's line. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is your bullpen talk. Uh, they're probably gonna go out and throw like like 87 shutout innings now because we've inspired Please them, do. giving happens. them giving them that that blue heaven boost. Uh, another one of the things let's talk about when it comes to uh, fixing the lineup, and we want your guys' thoughts on it because there there are some folks around the internet, um, I guess us in a way because we posted the the poll on the Dodgers Nation Twitter a eh? at Dodgers Nation. Follow us on there, but. Um, uh, the 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 kind of setup for this segment or this question is how can we optimize the lineup and do we think do you think do we all think here that we need to optimize the lineup and another one of the things was uh, should James Outman be moved up in the lineup um, there was a poll you give me your thoughts I'm gonna uh, and I'll let the fine folks know uh, what other people think on the internet so yeah I mean this team's problems are much deeper than their offense and their struggles that they've had. Because really, look at the offense last week, 6.6 runs, 6.67 runs per game. But if you want to spot a pimple on a model, it is that 25 walks, they were only able to cash in on five of them. So they weren't able to cash in on that. And I think if you look at this lineup at the top, Freddie Freeman, he's coming out of the gates hot. Mookie Betts, he's looked a lot better. He's rounding into form. You see more slug from him. J.D. Martinez, who on the post-game show, I took a little heat from I almost called them callers, but commenters down there, they were saying, I'd rather have JT than JD. And I said, look, you have to let J.D. Martinez, who has always been a slow starter, you have to let him ease into this role. And I said that J.D. Martinez is going to be better for this team than Justin Turner. And the reason for that is the slug. And you're seeing the triples, the doubles, the home runs. And yes, he's not a perfect hitter, but that is the dynamic that this offense needed. They need a little more muscle, a little more thumb. And J.T., he's going to get that back to ball. He's going to get singles. Yeah. But J.D. Martinez definitely, I feel like, is an upgrade. The only issue I have is kind of clogging up that D.H. spot. We'll get into that in a minute, though. But get to that. Getting back to your point on James Altman. Now, I've thought about this. I've gone a couple different directions because, look, Max Muncie, you have to continue to remind yourself of just how early it is in this season. I mean, we're 10 games in, but he definitely does not look good. Maximum Muncie has been minimum Muncie. He was 3 for 20 last week, hit 150, had one bomb. He's hitting 121 on the year with a 53 WRC+. plus. That means his bat is 47% below league average. And also, Clint, we can always rely on him for a good at-bat, right? Well, 39% strikeout rate. So that's just not enough production from your cleanup hitter. And you look at last year, 450 of his 565 plate appearances, he was in the number four or five hole. So that's something that concerns me is the loyalty the dog has in Max Muncy. Yeah. But I will say right here, I was thinking just keep Max Muncy in that cleanup spot. And the concern I have is if you move him down, if you look down below, Rojas, Vargas. Vargas, he's been a walks machine, but hasn't been on fire with the stick. I mean, the production would definitely kind of lack down there if you put Muncy down there and he struggles. But I think... 
I think you took. I, I think if you you want to make a little pop in this lineup, you throw James Albin in the cleanup spot. I mean, James Albin, he's been fantastic. Six for twenty last week, two home runs, two triples. You can move JD Martinez down there and you got look at the three four five will smith james outman and jd martinez and we know that doc and they do not like to have the righties stacked right they yeah. want to go stagger so that would allow for that and look just look at what happened in 2017 2017 cody bellinger he was essentially the cleanup hitter for the majority of his time he hit 39 bombs he won rookie of the year so i kind of like the idea of james outman as my cleanup hitter just because look imagine him with that protection of jd martinez yeah. and will smith i mean i think the sky's the limit for james Outman. every time that i've kind of gone to the next level with an outman prediction whether it be i think he should make the opening day lineup i think it should be the opening day starter i think he should do this do that he's always rewarded me so i think you put him in the cleanup spot and you let out mania continue because the out maniacs we want to see it now we got another mania to worry about here guys for me i i just i can't put outman as your cleanup hitter yet it's just it's not dude has what 15 games in his big league career let him kind of settle in cody bellinger wasn't batting fourth 15 games into his mlb career um if you move JD up and move Max down a couple, I mean, Outman in that five hole, that sounds a little bit better. Uh, and then Max maybe in six or seven, give him a little bit of uh, pressure off. Uh, he's getting closer. I feel like Max Muncy's getting closer. I, I will always have faith in uh, America's slugger, Max Muncy, for sure. But um, it, to, to, to the point of the question, yes, James Outman could be moved up. I don't think they should move him up yet. Just not yet. Give it two, three more weeks. Uh, kind of see where he's at. Because I mean, he had a, he had an offer yesterday. The average just all plummeted all the way down to two ninety seven or something, two ninety six. You know what? What is this? The OPS is over. Is only at like like twelve thirty four. What is this crap? We need at least sixteen hundred. We need Hall of Fame stats from the kid. Um, fans say eighty four point or sorry eighty seven point four percent of fans who voted uh, more than two thousand votes on the poll on Twitter so thank you guys for playing along eighty seven point four percent say yes James Outman needs to move up and I agree I just say give it a little bit of time before you do I do think Muncie should move down one or two spots though yeah look I mean look the reality is it's very knee jerk it goes against what Dave Roberts has done in the past but I will say, what if you move him down, you allow him to get a little more comfortable, allow him to get his timing, maybe he goes back to that step-back move if he thinks that'll help him, and then you move him back up to that cleanup spot. Because, look, the reality is most Dodger fans out there, including you and I, we thought that Max Muncy was going to have a bounce back here. We predicted him to have over 30 home runs, but it's just been uh, he's gotten off to a slow start, and also defensively he's looked horrid at times. But I think maybe if you consider long-term, yeah, the best thing for this team is for Max Muncy to be in the cleanup spot as a good productive hitter, hitting 30-plus bombs. But I think James Outman, he's just sometimes you just know a star when you see one. And look, I mean, if Bellinger did it, at that age, I mean, I'd look, I mean, he had a 931 OPS in that cleanup spot and, and he hit 39 home runs. So that was when he was a rookie. We're talking about a mature James Outman, 25 years old. I think he can handle that role. But I think what's best for this offense is for Max Muncy to turn things around. And guess what? He is the proud owner of the San Francisco Giants. And tonight he's going to hit one into Mick Muncy Cove out there. So oh, hopefully dropping, he turns things around. We're dropping some predictions here. I wanted to give uh, this comment a shout out before we move on to our final segment of the show. But 
David Sabatini. I decided I'm going to make this your Hornito shot taker of the, of the show. This is the comment of the show. Uh, I don't think we're allowed to take shots on here, so don't worry, guys. This is apple juice, I promise you. Mine's but, absinthe. <laughs> uh, it, shouldn't it be Hornitos? Hornitos absinthe. That's, that's not how it works. Oh. Uh, David Sabatini water. says, 152 games to go, way too much time left. We'll figure this thing out. So we appreciate a little bit of uh, positive thinking here in the stream because we like to overreact. Spicy Hornitos. That was good uh, water, right, guys? Tasty. Technically, it was my monster. We're oh. not allowed to drink on, on TV, I think. Oh, it was monster? Oh, nice. He drank my open monster. Oh, no, now you have it. Da, da, da. I'm turning into button? a monster. Okay. Thank you. This is, this is important. Um, do we have anything else we wanted to add on that? I think it's time. To, it's time to move on here. But appreciate Doug always bringing his facts to the fight. That's that's what he does. The lineup's not really the issue, by the way, right now. They're scoring ah. scoring points, as Dino Evil would say, and that's what you want to do. They just need to allow fewer points. But guys, let's look at uh, the um, the week ahead. This is brought to you by GearUp.LA. If you want to be swagged out with some sweet, sweet Dodgers merch and support the gentleman in this fine room, uh, go to GearUp.LA and pick up a shirt today because there's some cool stuff there. I really like the Mookie, Mookie Game, Over, Game Over shirt. I was part of the uh, call the design process of that shirt, and it was one of my favorite ones we ever came up with. So do that. Or you can also buy a Blue Heaven podcast T-shirt on there. Really, really look uh, sexy for weekend at uh, grandma's but let's get into the series ahead last week i was right i was the only guy right in here i think i deserve a prize the dodgers did go three and three we already talked about that but we got a big week coming up here three against uh, uh the giants and then the cubs come to dodger stadium reunion time we'll probably maybe do a stream on friday i don't know we're kind of keeping things a little fluid right now but um the return of edwin rios give us your predictions of what's going on guys drop into the chat what do you think the record is going to be by the time we are live again next monday um giants for three cubs for three Mac, what you got ah <sighs> Look, for me, this is like bigger than betting like a million dollars. Like, I really, really like, I watch these games like cracks. I want to get this prediction right. This team's gone through some struggles. They're on the road. Give me four and two again. Give me four and two again. Fortitude? You got some fortitude? I mean, three, or, or, or give me, uh, yeah, give me. I can't change it now. Yeah, give on. me four and two. Give me four and two. Four and two. What do you got, Cody? Very curious. I'll go, but for the sake of being different, I'll go five and one. You don't got to be different. Homer. Be five who and one. you are. Five and one. You are beautiful, no matter because what they say. Because you guys jinxed, or you guys anti-jinxed the bullpen by get by talking, you know, or yeah. talking about their struggles. They're probably gonna lock it down now. They're probably gonna allow fewer fewer runs. I'll go five and one. I was gonna go five and one as well because Ooh, yes, I think tonight we see an angry win uh, in uh, in the Bay. I think uh, you have the right guy on the mound with. Uh, Mr. Julio Urias, the Urias is on the bump, and that's a guy you want to be the stopper and the three-game skid and this ugly-ass um, uh, spurt of allowing all of the points in the world. I'm going with points. It's a points kind of night. Shout out Dino Ebel. Uh, player of the week. You know what? Why not? I'm going to go Max Muncy. I'm going to go hard in the paint here. Max is going to blow up. He's going to have a fun time uh, in in San Francisco, and he's going to carry that over against Cody Bellinger and the Dodger uh, at Dodger Stadium. Cody Bellinger and the, and the Cubs at Dodger Stadium. Jackie Robinson Day on Saturday. There's a lot of big things going on. 
uh, at Dodger Stadium. So I got five and one for your five Dodgers. and one. I would love that for my player of the week. By the way, I guess I'll throw in there. I got to go with Freddie Freeman because he's still hot, man. He's Fred hot. So oh, way to wow. go out on a limb there. Really going out. Call it like I see it. I'm I'm very curious. Hey Noah, you got anything? Thank you for the hand signal. Four and two for Jackie Robinson. Four and two. Yes. They, uh, uh, bling. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we got, got another six and zero. Oh? Six and zero, oh, Noel. Six and zero. Oh. Six and Noel. Let's see. Let's get to. I got to scroll down here. Oh wait, do we have something? We, yeah, we, we have? do. I was, that's why I was pointing. Oh, at let's you, go. Dun, 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 dun. Anyways, uh, Rebecca Michelle David. I hope I read that right. Yes, Rebecca Michelle. I hope Mich- I read that. <laughs> I, that I, hey, can I, you get out of here with your very exotic name, no, Rebecca sorry. Michelle Jeez. David? I, I, I knew the three names. I just didn't know what in what place, and I, I didn't have it on my screen uh, immediately. Sorry, Rebecca, but I, I got it right. Rebecca Michelle David, she donated one dollar. Made, made Cody red on that one. <laughs> <laughs> she donated a dollar. She said, "Gotta get back to first place." Appreciate you, Rebecca, I'm a, or Becca, if you will. I don't know if you go. Don't know her like that. Oh no! She's a friend of the show. She's a friend of the show. Come on now. Uh, Josh Git, also a friend of the show. I've met him in the real people life. Says three and three. We got a number of three of uh, three and threes in here. Frank Guerrero, Eddie Romero. Hey, that I'm a rapist here. A couple three and threes. King Zeldris says two and four. Diane is on the three and three train. DKM. Three and three. Noah, I put in there. Is it four and two? Mike Saldana being a little more positive, being like being on the me and Cody train with a five and one, calling it again. Um, I, I, uh, what is? Oh, there's a. I think there's a bot in the chat. We always appreciate that. J Kid three two three says one and six for me. So there's, there's some positive. There's some negative. Deborah Young, as always, positive five and one in there. Um, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, this we got. I'm gonna block that person. But uh, Jason Diamond two and four, uh, Keen two and four, three and three. Yeah, yeah I mean it's uh, they're probably gonna do any of those numbers. <laughs> yeah, they unless can. they go zero and six. That's the only one I haven't seen. <laughs> Michael Carrillo says one and I, six. I saw zero and six of there. Yeah, so we have every combination. Someone right. will be right. Hopefully it's the six and zero, oh, Mister. White pill Noel over there. Oh, let's go. Could use a. It would be nice to get a nice uh, get a run going. Get move up a couple on the MLB power rankings. Need one of those, gang. Absolutely. But guys, appreciate you hanging out with us as always. A little little dip to the end of the show here because uh, well, we got so turnt on that delicious monster disguising itself as hornitos go out and pick yourself up a bottle today look at it look how pretty that is i'm gonna slide it right here right at the front of the screen you can have a good time it's gonna sound Tasty. great it's gonna sound great on the audio side uh guys subscribe to blue heaven we are a podcast that is on the podcast machines go to youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv hit the bell leave a like leave a comment do all the things share us to people uh, in your Reddit forums, get more love for Doug because he deserves it. A couple post-game shows coming at you this week, as always. I think we got a designated Twitter probably dropping this week. Whole bunch of stuff. Um, best way to support us is also to read our stuff, DodgersNation.com. I am real FRG. That guy is DMAC underscore LA. Shout out to Cody on the ones and threes. We are Dodgers Nation on Twitter and Instagram and the Tic Tac that the kids are into these days. So thank you for all the comments, questions, and we will see you next time. Bye.
Sporting Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.